Welcome to the Formcast. Uh, hello and uh, welcome to the Formcast. Um, it is me. I'm Air for Twenty Seven, and today joining us, it's a pretty small crowd. Uh, we are introducing my my younger brother, actually, uh, Skagarak. Say hello. Uh, hello, guys. Um, I'm sort of a newcomer to this. Uh, I haven't really done much of this in the past, but you know, I'm excited to talk to uh, our guest. Yes, we got like we got like seven other guys online, but nobody decided to respond to me. So, uh, without further ado, we would like to introduce um, the a, a world uh, VGC World's top eight competitor and a uh, moderator of Nugget Bridge, uh, Aaron Trailer. Uh, hello. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's great. It is. It is great to talk to you. Uh, you are uh, you number. You're number five in the in the world, dude. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um... Erever and I on your on the world's uh, top eight. We were sitting there together and we watched it and we were just we saw we saw that last game of yours and we were just it was it was really great. How well. yeah, thank you very much. It was a blast. It was great to be there. So um, okay, let's let's talk. Who 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 are you? You are uh, when did you start? Uh, what is your your VGC history? The real Aaron trailer. Okay, so I started in uh, 2011 as a senior. I was 14 years old. Um. And so uh, I'm, the only reason I'm still around, actually, is because I actually won my first uh, senior regional in 2011, and then I got top four at senior nationals in 2011. How much uh, How much did you have to prep for that first regional? Like, where did you go into it sort oh, of knowing? Well, see, back then, uh, the circuit was a lot smaller, so there were only six regional tournaments and no Premier Challenge level tournaments. So I prepared from all of November up until May when the tournament happened. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah, well, not like serious prep, just like, you know, staying in tune with the metagame, making my team the best it could be. Gotcha. How long had you been playing Pokemon before that? Oh, gosh. I started when I was three um, uh, in 1999. I, I remember my parents tried to limit how much time I played to a half hour a day, and i just hide behind the couch and play. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, so... Um, sorry, sorry, I cut you off. Uh, That's all good. But a little more from 2011, what happened? Yeah, um, it's actually funny that uh, your avatar, well, your avatars, I think, are uh, a crocodile and a terrakion. That's really, really ironic, because that was the centerpiece of my 2011 team. Um, you know, everyone, everyone goes after Whimsicott with the beat up strategy onto terrakion, right? But yeah, nobody well, back then knew that crocodile also got beat up. So I'd scarf the crocodile, <laughs> and it'd beat up onto terrakion, and they wouldn't see it coming. And that's how, you know, that's how you get wins in best of one Swiss. I'm uh, sorry, uh, single elimination tournaments. Oh yeah, it's a, 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 meant to be the two of us. Um, okay, that's awesome. And then so fast forwarding, it's it's five years later. So you just kept yep. kept with it for. Uh... Yeah, just kept with it. Made a whole bunch of friends that I like that made it worth going to events. Uh, love playing the game. Uh, just you know stepped up this year. So you did an AMA on our last time this couple yes, while I did. ago. Um, people were talking about friendship, and <laughs> so. Talk about friendship. Uh, there's got to be some sort of something behind the meme. Well, friendship is pretty great. Uh, you know, it's it's just who I am. You know, I think if I had a middle name, it would be friendship. No, but I don't know. Just it's a lot easier to be friends with someone when you tell them they're your friend. You know, and then it's what it's what I like to do: making friends with people. That's awesome. So, um, going to this year's worlds. Uh, how many variations of your current of your the team that you made it to top eight with? How many variations did you go through before you finally decided on your team? Okay, that's a good question. The answer is three. 
okay? So I tested one variation, which was my Nationals team. Like, I, I guess that's the first test. Um, and then I tested, I swapped out Palkia and Scrafty for Cresselia and Xerneas because I thought I could survive with Smeargle Salamence and Bronze on Groudon. Um, and I didn't like that very much. So then I just tested what I brought to Worlds, which is the modest, speedy Cresselia with the rest of the Pokemon. So there was not a whole lot of changing, um, because I came out of Nationals feeling extremely confident. And uh, it, it was a pretty big parallel to 2011 for me, because when I played in 2011, uh, all of my team's techs were kept secret, uh, because I only made top four and no one saw the final game. So I thought, okay, you know, I can just roll with everything because I think it's the strongest and I'm really good at playing it. So it was sort of the same thing, except uh, I knew everyone would be looking at Chase's team and not mine because he won and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, oh, no, I know you talked about um, a little bit how how it's not as important to, uh, to, to have secrecy. So someone who doesn't... I, I haven't actually played in VGC. I want to start, but... Um, so secrecy is not not something that you would consider a a key part of uh, team yeah. building, sort of. Well, secrecy it, it's complicated because uh, it really comes down to you know what people are going to do to prepare for the event. But you know, looking at Nationals top cut, you know, no one's really preparing for bronzong and chrysalia i feel like the the general message coming out of nationals was that you know okay groudon zernia's bronzong that's a thing i gotta deal with it um groudon zernia's chrysalia i gotta deal with that you know but um as far as secrecy goes there's you know at these tournaments in the later rounds like in nationals top eight or world's top whatever 20 something yeah they they basically pace spin your team right they they reveal your natures. They don't. They reveal everything except for your EVs, and so that makes it a lot less worth it at the top to like hide your stuff. And you know, if you're a strong player, you don't really need it unless there's one move that you really got to keep a uh, secret. So like for my national team, like what I'd be more worried about is like people thinking about the six I have in practice, like, but like. Those Pokemon were all pretty textbook, right? They're all standards. Whereas um, for 2015 at Regionals, something that I did try and keep secret was uh, Minimize on my Clefable. Um, so I won a Regional in 2015 with Minimize, Follow me Clefable, with the theory that, you know, I'd Minimize and then redirect everything, and then they'd all miss, and i have a super bulky redirector. Yeah, um, I, so I that's something. That, uh, I remember yeah. that <laughs> You were like, yeah, Minimize is bad. Yeah, well, um, it made some people mad. <laughs> um, yeah, but I guess the message there is, you know, you gotta, you gotta think: is it worth it to sacrifice, you know, keeping things secret for my practice partners or not? Yeah. So minimize Clefable. So it's it, it's uh it's cool that you brought that up actually, because um you were this is sort of related, but you were the only person in top eight, I believe, uh, not uh, one of two, is it to use uh Smeargle? Smeargle, Smeargle, yeah. Um, I don't regret that. I thought Smeargle was the strongest Pokemon going into Worlds. Um, because, you know, there there are a couple of ways to get around Smeargle, which the rest of the top eight figured out, you know. You put a Lum on your Bronzong, you use Safeguard, and then you just protect with the other Pokemon, Smeargle's done. Um, aside from that, though, Smeargle is the best anti-Smeargle Pokemon. 
And so um, my strategy, if I saw Smeargle in the other team, you know, in the team preview, I would just always bring Smeargle and just crafty shield until I remove their Smeargle. And if I still had mine left, I'd just beat them. <laughs> so I, I'm definitely glad that I can be included in one of the top, you know, one of the top two Smeargle players in the world. And the other thing that um, I'm kind of proud of is that I don't think one Dark Void went off on me at Nationals or Worlds because of my Crafty Shield Smeargle. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, um, uh, speaking... Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Maybe Chase did in Swiss of Nationals, but apart from that, no one. Definitely. So, yeah, what were yeah, you going to say? Uh, talking about Smeargle, before Worlds came up, I was looking at a lot of players who thought, uh, thinking that Smeargle should be banned in uh, VGC. And wh what are your thoughts on that? Okay, well, to start off, here's my philosophy on bans, you know, they're for weak players. Um, you, seriously, um, you know, if you want to win these games, you got to play with what's strongest, you got to play around what's strongest. So my concerns for bans are much more on the spectator side of things, because I'm more concerned about, you know, are people going to be tuning into these streams? And so if I were, you know, a nine-year-old kid and I tuned into the Pokemon World Championships and I saw three Pokemon asleep on the field, I would not be very happy. So that's why I don't really want Smeargle around, because Dark Void is anti-spectator. That's the word I use, anti-spectator. As far as a competitor, you know, I'm fine with it. The risks, there's something I enjoy taking and playing around and blocking and, like, the defeated look on my opponent's face when a Dark Void goes off is worth it. Um, yeah, yes. that's <laughs> that's how oh I feel. Boy. <laughs> now, so, um, your team at Worlds, um, as someone who's not not very well educated, what what does Cresselia Bronzong do for you? Is it guaranteed trick room? Yeah. So, uh, have you heard of the double mega strategy? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit like double mega, except uh, it's double support Pokemon, and so that really changes the way. A game can go um, because Bronzong, you know, it wants to get Trick Room up and then the Gravity and the Hypnosis. In Cresselia, you know, you can get Trick Room up, you can Skill Swap, you can Psychic and uh, Ice Beam. And so it really just made me feel like I was running both the Big B and the Big C teams. You know, they felt like I had a lot more Pokemon to maneuver with because each team plays just a little bit differently. Um, and so. Yeah, I hope that answers your question. No, yeah, that makes sense. Especially so in this format where you're basically guaranteed to be bringing two two Pokemon. Yeah. Um, one of Bronze. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Well, each well, one is used in different situations. Yeah, exactly, and not necessarily uh, both of those Pokemon. Uh, you know, a bunch of people, uh, you know, left one behind actually, which I thought was pretty dumb at the start of the season, but uh, it makes a lot of sense. In my round two of Worlds, I actually left both of mine behind. Um, on stream against uh, Rachel Anand from the United Kingdom because she had Xerneas Rayquaza, which is weak to both Bronzong and Cresselia. So that, that set was a lot of fun to play. Yeah. Let's see into the future. So, VGC 17. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you think that Alolan forms will be allowed in VGC 17? Yeah, of course. They're new. They gotta market them. They'll allow this. I think, yeah, I think that's something that uh, you got to think about when you're thinking, like, speculating about the next game and trying to decide what Pokemon will do. They don't make balance changes. They make marketing decisions. No, I, I'm serious. I'm 100% no, serious. I, I know who you are. <laughs> but it's, it's true. So, will they allow those? Yes. 
Okay, so there's a couple of people who who want to get involved in VGC, say with the, with this post world type and all yep. that. Is it worth uh, VGC getting into VGC 16 in the last couple months? No, no, it is not. Um, if you're looking to get involved in your local circuit, you know, um, I think downloading, you know, making a team in game, uh, watching a whole bunch of VGC 16 videos, and making it out to one of these fall regionals is uh, it's going to be worth it. Um, outside of that, for VGC uh, 16, if you just want to play on Showdown and not really go to a local scene, it is not like any other VGC metagame. It is... The analogy I used in my uh, AMA or on Showdown, I forget which, is that it's like playing with queens and pawns in chess instead of uh, knights and bishops. So it, it, it's very, very different. Um, and these teams end up really lopsided. Like, my team had three support Pokemon that were all, like, pretty much, you know, a two Psychic types that fulfilled the same role and had Trick Room. Like, that isn't good in metagames that aren't, um, that don't have these restricted, powerful Pokemon. And so VGC 17 is actually going to end up being a lot more like VGC 15 or 14. Um, a lot more Pokemon with questionable base stat totals actually working out, um, but it will be nothing like VGC 16. And so I think it might be worth it to, you know, hold your horses, wait until the new content comes out and just getting your feet wet. Gotcha. I, um, I read somewhere that, or in the AMA, but, uh, that you weren't a fan of VGC 14, which as someone who sort of, I came in in 15 actually, but I sort of saw the worlds, uh, of, of 14. I was like, wow, this is really cool. From a spectator point of view, it seemed awesome, but yeah, as a player, spectator, yeah. it's good. Um, yeah, VGC 14, I think, was the second best format as far as diversity went after 13, so it's no surprise. Um, but a lot of people, when they saw 14, saw worlds, right? They didn't see the nat. They might have seen the nationals, but they probably didn't see the regionals. And regionals was exhausting. You know, you, you had your Kangaskhan, and you had your Talonflame and a Moongus, and that was it, and that was it every round, and that was it every round after that, and it was kind of draining, and I felt really restricted in the team building choices that I made. Um, my the, the final team that I ended up with for Worlds LCQ that year was a lot of fun. Uh, I can link you to the report after it. It's one of the most unique teams I've ever played with. Um, yeah, it, it actually features Scarf Smeargle. Um, as the centerpiece, but uh, that wasn't as popular then as it is now. But yeah, as far as 14 goes, um, it uh, it gets a lot of hype because it was a lot of people's first formats. Um, like a bunch of people came into the game when X and Y came out, but I just felt restricted in my team building choices, and it was tough at nationals and regionals. So... Um... As I was internet stalking you, uh, like like on, on Nugget Bridge, you were throwing yep. around some ideas of uh, a, a, like a VGC or a doubles AI. And oh, yeah. Oh, going on. cool. That's something I'm really interested in. Yeah. Um, so in 2012, with uh, I was talking with my good friends, uh, Zach Drogi. Oh, man, I still can't get his last name. Rivarius and his friend Harrison Saylor, Crow380. And they basically said, hey, Aaron, we want to make a program that learns Pokemon. And so, you know, I thought about it, and then I thought about it some more, and then I went to school for computer science, and I thought about it some more. And now I'm, you know, learning AI and natural language processing and a whole bunch of other machine learning stuff, and I'm like, wow, this is actually a really neat problem. Um, 
I don't have much to say about it because it's just, you know, ideas I've been throwing around, but having a program that, say, could learn to give you a team of four from Team Preview, you know, bring six, pick four, it does that for you, or, you know, can tell you what the best move to make against Kangaskhan Xerneas is, like, that'd be really cool. That's something I'm really excited about. Like, little baby steps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's going to be... Games it's like uh, chess and stuff have that already, which yeah. still blows my mind. Yeah, it's really nuts, and I want to do it <laughs> um so just a uh, couple more things uh, are there any other games that you play not really um like overwatch for fun armello for fun but uh no i used to play league of legends but then i realized playing it was making me bad at pokemon so i stopped wait, wait what do you mean well um okay well not actually but okay listen to this okay so Last time I qualified to Worlds, right? August of 2011. I picked up League of Legends in October of 2011. I put down of League of Legends. Uh, I put down League of Legends June of this year. Okay, when was the next time I qualified to Worlds? July of this year. Like, <laughs> like the correlation is just so stark that um, I just. Well, it's also just not fun for me. Yeah. Um, another. Just it off. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, fun fact though, my my League of Legends account name is Cybertron. <laughs> that, damn. Yeah, but no, pretty much Pokemon. I like, uh, I don't know, I don't play many video games outside of it. Alright. Well, um, Aaron Trailer, it has been, it has been an honor to talk to you. No problem. Uh, Anytime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah congratulations on everything. And, Thank you uh, very much. Is there any anyone you want to shout out? Anybody, anything? Oh gosh, to the no. few people that listen? No, it's okay. I'd just say, uh, don't stop believing in yourself, uh. If you treat your Pokemon right, they'll treat you right. That's really all I have to say. Alright, thanks, man. Thank you. Have a nice night. That was Aaron Trailer, uh, world's top eight competitor, uh, good friend of uh, yeah of us now. We've we have made a beautiful friendship. Um, yep. He's officially following me on Twitter. So, I what else? What else can you ask for? So what else is going on in the world of competitive Pokemon? Uh, let us talk about uh, the Alamomola suspect test. Why don't we? Uh, so are you, are you, which is becoming my favorite tier as time goes on, uh, <laughs> is suspecting Alamomola after kicking out Amoongus, after kicking out Tangrowth, it has gone to another one of its fat regenerator walls. And uh, <laughs> I, especially yeah, after, I, I... Especially after... Yeah. Oh, Shaman would have been the, the greatest of all time. Dude, it would have destroyed everything in the RU metagame. Like, yeah. legitimately, there were no switch-ins. Other than maybe Bronzong. But, like, um, Alamomola, it's, it's, it's a really tough call on whether or not it's a smart idea to, to, to ban it. Which is... Um, how do I say it? I, I haven't done the suspect ladder, though I, I really should. Um... Uh, yeah, I was talking to uh, our, our buddy David, and uh, he plays a lot of RU. Uh, he was working on the, uh, he was doing the suspect ladder um, as we were talking, and uh, he was, I believe, he was talking about how Alomomola's, it's it's like it's a very good mon for just scouting and soaking up hits, but there, I, I think he said there are ways around it. There's burning it with scald from stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but they, they started running refresh. It gets refresh. Yeah. Oh god. Dude, it's like that that's a thing. They started running knockoff. They're running wild sets these days to try and like beat the um 
beat the rest of the meta or things that are trying to kill it. It's um it's so fat with like 165 base HP. It yeah. just it does not die uh to anything. <laughs> like even with a base 45 spadef, it doesn't matter. You basically need like Lum, Swordstand, Phyrizion. Yeah. You need Venusaur. Yeah, Venusaur has become like the main counter to it. Um and even then like you have teammates uh, Alamola plus Registeel. It's uh, like it's so difficult to break through. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I like I I can't really talk all that much about it because I don't play RU at all. No, no, dude, that's all we do here. We talk about shit we don't know. <laughs> but um, I I I just know that Alomomola is a mon that is very, very um, you it's it's used a lot because of its it has so many uses. It's a good Embor check. I know that because I've been watching a lot of Poke Game suspecting. It checks. Like everything that's not a Venusaur. Yeah, because um, it uses Scald, and Scald is this, like the second best move in the game. After Thunderwave, Thunder yeah. according to Blunder, it's the third best. Which actually, you guys should check out that video. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah, no, Thunder Blunder seven 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 just uploaded a, a video about the top ten moves in the game. So it basically goes Stealth Rocks, Thunderwave, Scald, Knockoff, and a bunch of other stuff. But Scald is just broken. I hate it. Uh -huh. Scald is just it's. There's no. I, I remember Pokey. I'm saying this that there usually every move has a drawback. Scald has no drawback for using it, and it also gets knockoff, and that's what these things have been running these days as well. Yeah, it's just super common. Nailing off the black sludge on that Venusaur, yeah. uh, things like that. So yeah, it just it's just such a good pivot, and it, it gets wish protect. It like heals up everything with 165 base HP. It then has regenerator to get out of there. It's Man, I would love to see it go, but I can see the argument for keeping it in because at the same time, it does get worn down. You can beat it with enough hard-hitting hits or if uh -huh. he doesn't get the Scald rolls. So, or with Toxic. So so I can see um, why sides. people wouldn't ban it, but I, I personally would vote for a ban if I ever get around to uh, doing the Rex. Which actually, uh, it's an interesting discussion, um, but the way they're doing the, the um, suspect testing is really good, I think. Yeah, I heard that they did they're with the Loma Mola and a ladder with that. Yes, Loma. which is it's really smart. They, I think they've done it maybe once or twice before. I thought they did it with Tyrantrum, maybe. They with... might have. No, not with Tyrantrum. Something else. No. Um, but I think, it's I think Koopa they did it with. I possibly I don't know. Maybe. But um, yeah. So you have to demonstrate that you can you know the meta well enough by getting Rex on a ladder with Alamomola, and then you then demonstrate um if you know how good the ladder is uh, without Alamomola on the um suspect ladder. So and then you can really, you can see both sides of the meta game. Yeah, really smart. I like it. So uh, that's that. We'll see what happens uh, in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. So what else we got? Let us discuss the GBA semis, the semifinals. Oh boy, the gigantic waste of time oh the clusterfuck that, that is fizz vs coop oh my god so if you guys have not heard fizz vs coop was basically every single mon but the mega scissor and uh i, for, I forget which mega coop has hey, hey, i i'll uh i'll put in a little bit here of some insightful commentary from uh from fizz how about that swagger and bright powder let the fates decide swagger and bright powder let the fates decide. Swagger and bright powder. Let the fates decide. Uh, so yeah, I made the mistake of sitting through all 18 minutes of that, uh, thinking that it would be that something different would happen. 
But it ended up being just a fucking awful match, and Coop ended up winning. So congrats to Coop, and he will play the um, the uh, the winner of Envy vs. George, which uh, happened to be George. Uh, George just had all the threats against Envy. He had a Manaphy, he had a Mamoswine, Envy's switch-ins... He brought a bulky Manaphy, he had a Mega Beedrill, he just had so many threats that Envy couldn't take on. Um, it was a good match on both sides. Envy misplayed a little bit, but Fizz, I, I heard the analyst talking about this, um, but me, the analyst, excuse me, how George just had great prep, and I, I agree, I, I usually only watch uh, my favorite YouTuber side of it, but I watch, I watch George's side of this too, and, um, George really did have great prep. MB um, is known for bringing the heat. Um, George did bring some really powerful sets with the bulky Manaphy and the things like that. Just, just that just tore through MB's team in a four zero. Yeah. So real shame. MB. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow him, but uh, cool guy. Um, did really well for his first season in the GBA. Yeah, like the first season in league. I believe I believe he and Chimpact are going to do an exhibition match, which is going to be cool. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing him in the next season. Mm-hmm. Me dude's too. A, dude's a cool guy. And I, um, I hope Pokeyam gets in there possibly, but probably not. <laughs> dunk on everybody. Um, in other news, uh, which you probably have heard about because you know, Stunfisk comprises like. 99% or 100% of our uh, listener base um, r slash Dugtrio opened up a subreddit for competitive triples um, I am a mod there along, and uh, we are led by Silvio Plath and uh, a couple other guys who, who are modding it so really uh, triples is a, is a format that really doesn't get as much love as it should and uh, Silvio is doing her best with some great analysis um, in the metagame. I started playing. I actually hit number 16 on the smoke on triples ladder uh, from just like a couple of days of, of laddering, which is really awesome. But it, 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 uh, it it's just incredibly shows fun. how underplayed it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I personally don't like triples all that much, but I can see the appeal and I feel like it, yeah, it definitely should get more love than it already does. So make sure to go check out r slash Dugtrio. Yeah, and watch out for uh, some triples tournaments in the future, along with other Stunfist tournaments that are going on. Um, but uh, with that, uh, we, that is the end of our of our, um, our little uh, little podcast thingy that we're doing. So thanks once again to uh, Aaron Trailer Unreality on Nugget Bridge for coming out, talking to us about his world experience, and uh, yeah. So with that, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Formcast, and uh, we will catch you guys later. That was another episode of the Formcast. Uh, a quick editor's note, Coop and Fizz, the GBA semifinalists, did actually have a real battle, so we apologize for sort of talking smack about them without really knowing all the information. Um, and also a huge, huge, huge shout-out to Aaron Trailer, um, Unreality, one of the top five Pokemon players in the game. Uh, uh, thanks for coming down and giving us an interview. Um, I had a great time. I hope he did too. Uh, and I hope you, the the listener, got a lot out of it because uh, he's a he's a smart guy. He's a <laughs> he's you know he's one of the best players in the game. So uh, yeah, um, if you haven't already, uh, go read his AMA on R slash Stunfisk. He provides a lot a lot of insight into VGC and life. Really, um, he's posted some fun stuff on um, Nugget Bridge uh, as Unreality. And uh, you know what? Give him a follow on Twitter too while you're at it. He's a he's a he's a cool guy. So um, yeah, Aaron. 
um, if you're there. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, and to the listener, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, I would suggest subscribing to me, Air for 27 on YouTube. Uh, that is where podcasts are definitely going to be going up every time they come out. There will also be a Google Drive folder with uh, a downloadable version of uh, the current episode and all the old episodes. And um, I'm trying my best to figure out an RSS feed, um, how to set one of those up. Uh, I'm having a little bit of difficulty, so if anyone is like knowledgeable in that, uh, shoot me a message over on uh, Reddit. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you all for listening, and um, I will see you guys in the next one.